It's time for the Crandall Mania Podcast with Mike, Spencer, and Ace. Ladies and gentlemen, children and adults, welcome to, to the Crandall Mania Podcast, episode 25. It's the episode 25, spectacular. Uh, my name is Ace Bondaloo, joined with my two hosts, your boy Mike. What's up? Hey, just finished watching Raw. Good show. Well, no. Wasn't a good show tonight, but that's nothing new. Um, but fresh off uh, first gym session in a couple months, just like today, and feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, Kids getting swole over there. Us, uh, <laughs> let's go with that. Looking forward to talking wrestling with uh, my fellow insiders. Yo, and this is not a joke, because Michael think I'm joking. Mike's got good deadlifts, people. You don't understand. The guy can deadlift. He's going to enter a competition and raise money for charity, and then COVID happened. But, but the money still went to charity, and that's most important. It did. Yeah, they were asked. They, they called to tell me that, because I donated. And I was like, oh, you didn't even need to call. I was fine, regardless. Like, I didn't. It's not like you weren't going to do the deadlifts, and I was like, give me my money back. So <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I wanted back because the competition didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, and we got Spencer as well. What's going on, Spencer? What's going on over there? Uh, not not a whole lot. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I don't mean to. Yeah, whatever. I'm good. He's living it up. He's tearing it down. He's Spencer. He uh, is there. He's watched NXT <laughs> in your house with me. Um, what did you think? Well, we'll get into that later. What's going on with you guys? A little housekeeping. Uh. So me and Mike, I think, won NXT. We'll get into the results later. But I think Spencer's now got two punishment matches to do. Lofty. Apparently. We're gonna, it's, it could become six eventually, after, or it could become three after Backlash this Sunday. Put your hand up. Oh, why did I just say put your hand up? Give I'm me putting a, it up. Hey, it's uh, up. What's up? <laughs> put your hand up. I swear to goodness. Put your hand up if you think this is going to be one of the more boring WWE pay-per-views of the year. Backlash. The only good thing about it is they've promised us the greatest match ever. The greatest wrestling match ever. So at least we know we'll get that. <laughs> and if we don't, then oh boy. Well, then Ace Bondaloo is going to be, you know, he's going to be very fired up. <laughs> Man, we'll get into it, um, but... Hey, what's oh new with goodness. me is uh, this whole pot, I'm going to have a uh, vape pen. I'm going to finish it off. A hound's tooth from Tweed, Baker Street. Uh, we're going to break down Friday Night Smackdown, and I'll do that right now. All right, are you ready? Here's the Smackdown run through. Review. And I'm sorry if I go too fast. 
Otis beats King Corbin via disqualification. Lacey Evans beats Sonny Deville. Lacey Evans has some great athleticism. Drew Gulak beats AJ Styles with an awesome reversal of the Styles Clash. The New Day and Shorty G defeat Shinsuke, Cesaro, and Mojo Raleigh. Hey, Mojo, what's up? And Bailey and Sasha Banks defeat Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Guess what? Women's Tag Team Champions now, baby. That was Friday Night SmackDown. We were all very happy for Drew Gulak. I remember on Friday, we were all stoked about that. And the title change was just, eh, all right. Man, Mojo Rowley sucks. <laughs> I second Yeah, Mike, that. I, can, I can confirm that. Yeah, that's a three-way suckage. You know, Dude's there you go. Bad. Like that, Very rare when all three of us agree that someone sucks, and that's how you know they suck. <laughs> he just yelled and did nothing. I was like, what are you doing? What are you, why are you here now? That's anyway. kind of his character. That's kind of what he's done since he's been WWE. Guys, Yelled about a, nothing. Guys, I have a question for you. Sure. The question is, can someone, can either one of you explain to me what Mojo Raleigh's like shirt design is supposed to be? Like, is it a coffin? Oh, I think that, I think that was his old broken face paint shirt. It's like the only shirt he has. Yeah, but like, what is the design that's getting broken? Is it a mirror? Is it a coffin? What What is that supposed to be? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Guys, Ace Bonnelu, something really bad just happened to him. Uh-oh. His pen ran out of battery. Mid pod. Oh, right at the start, too. Um, but then after Friday Night SmackDown, we roll into NXT in your house. Keep it in mind, the Raw is still to come. We gotta break this thing down. Are you gentlemen ready? ready I'll be ready once I finish walking down the stairs. Are you ready, willing, and gable? Mania NXT review. All right, NXT takeover in your house. What was that guy's name, Spencer? Like Todd Pellegrini or whatever? <laughs> Who is introing the show? I have no, I didn't remember his name at all. I don't know if I saw it, but uh, I'm pretty sure you just named a sparkling water. So, yeah, I don't think that's it. I'm pretty sure that was the guy's name. Hey, I'm Todd pa- pa- ta- Pellegrini, and welcome to NXT in your house. And it was a really Classic 90s feel. I thought they really nailed it with this set before I take down this pay-per-view because <laughs> Ace Bondaloo didn't like it. Um, <laughs> he didn't hate it, though. Ace Bondaloo did not hate it. Uh, the first match is Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, this is who I predicted to win uh, was the faces, Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, and them. Uh, I believe there was a lot of spots in this match. It went longer than I definitely thought it was going to go. Um, and then it just kind of felt like a rush match to begin with. So I was like, I didn't expect uh, it to be that long. But uh, I believe Tegan Knox hits the shiniest wizard, uh, Dakota Kai, for the victory. Bada boom, bada bing, your faces win. 
what did you think of that match, Spencer, to open the show? It was pretty good. Like, it wasn't a bad match. I just didn't expect it to go that long. Yeah, I, I feel like six uh, six person tag matches can either go like it's all, it's just a spot fest, and then someone hits their finisher, and then it's over, or it's kind of like this one where you're kind of confused throughout of it. I thought it was fine. Um, I thought the weird part was just when Mia Yim and Candice LeRae just started punching each other while walking back behind the set. That's when I knew that my team was going to lose, um, and it wasn't going to be a good night for <laughs> Old Spency. Uh, old Spency picked a. Uh... Picked uh, Dakota Kai. Nah, well, it was mainly just because of Dakota Kai. But, uh, yeah, didn't work out for me. It was a real 50-50 toss-up. Uh, Mike, is he back from his crown-up? No, I haven't even started the crown-up. But uh, just quickly, I like Todd Pettengill. He's pretty funny. Especially oh, when that was, was his name. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a huge part of the company, like, back in the 90s. Were you sitting there just thinking, like, man, he's so close to it. He's so close. And then you're like, he didn't pull it out, though. When I was trying to guess his name, is that what you were doing? Because uh, that's what I would have been doing. I just had my mute button on there, laughing. But uh, no, man, like Todd Pettengill is pretty funny. He's hosted WrestleMania. It was great. Before. I thought it was awesome. They did a little throwback to to him because he's still he's still great at his job. So I think that's I why him. I like Joe Galli. He kind of reminds me of Joe Galli. Like they two remind me of each other. Yeah, I'd say that he is kind of like a, a you know current day version of Pettengill, and I also love the Ico Pro commercials because like obviously that Ico Pro has such a huge history with the company, so I loved all those throwback that Ico Pro one. I don't have anything to say about the tag match because I was making dinner during most of it, and I I really didn't catch this match. Um, what did you have for dinner? I had quesadillas, which is a Mike's uh, a Mike your boy Mike special, uh, so that was pretty solid. Um, the one thing I will say is Tegan Knox is fucking amazing. Like, she's my favorite female wrestler in NXT, and I was happy she was able to pick up that victory. I didn't have that team in my predictions, but hey, I don't care. Man. It's Tegan Knox, and she's got a good future ahead of her. So it's going to be a thumbs up for uh, for the kid over here. All right, then we move on to Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Uh, Mike. Big Damian Priest guy, Spencer and I, not so much. We can confirm for you, Mike, though. We can back this up. We had people uh, watching it with us who were casual wrestling fans, and they were not happy when Damian Priest showed up. Not in like a heel sort of way, as in a we're bored, I wish we could change the channel sort of way. You, yeah. you Spencer, did you get that vibe from them? Oh yeah, um, yes. One of the one of our uh, casual wrestling acquaintance kept referring to um, how bad he looked and other things. So yes, I definitely got that. Yeah, he really hated the fishnet pants, um, but it was actually not that bad of a match, is what I'm gonna at least admit. Like there were some good spots in it. Uh, once again, longer than I thought it was gonna go. What did you think of it, Mike? Yeah, I mean, going in, I knew this was going to be a good match. Uh, both guys have a good work rate. I wasn't really a huge fan of Finn Balor not selling those two big back bumps he took in this match. He took a humongous la- uh, spot off the steel steps early, and he also took a really nasty uh, razor's edge off the apron, and he didn't sell uh, those be- those shots really much at all in this match, and for a veteran like Finn Balor, I was surprised by that. Um, so this match was fine, but I really just would have appreciated if Finn would have sold a little bit more in this match. Uh, decent match, though. I like the storytelling they did with uh, the, the steel steps because it came back at the finish in the end when 
uh, Damian Priest took that really, really nasty back bump off those steel steps. So um, I like this match. And the one other thing is I don't I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's not the worst gimmick of all time. That's all I have to say. It's pretty bad all going right. right now, though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, well, I wonder what Balor's going to do next. Balor, uh, you haven't pegged to go to take on Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole is going to – he could be taking on Balor. I think the person who's going to beat him is Keith Lee. But we roll into uh, my buddy, Keith Lee, with his NXT North American title against Johnny Gargano. And once again, I don't really like Johnny Gargano, but I'm going to say this. Loved his entrance. Going through the door, the actual door. I was also like, does Johnny Gargano live there on set in the NXT uh, studios? Is that where his house is? Like, what's going on here? I thought it was pretty cool, though, and pretty clever. I liked the doorbell of Cam in that match as well. I liked when Keith uh, hit him through the uh, COVID glass, and Keith Lee defeats Gargano via pinfall with not a lot of uh, million quick spot finishes, which was nice to see. Uh, what did you guys think? Um, uh, go, go ahead, Mike. You first. No, you first. I went first oh, last time. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, this was my favorite match of the night, just because there was a nice story being told here um, with the face versus heel dynamic, obviously, with Gargano heel and Keith Lee with the face. And the big reason I like this match so much, or the major reason, excuse me, is because I, we, all of us are huge fans of Keith Lee, and we've seen him do some incredibly like unbelievable things as a big man with the moonsaults and the Spanish flies and all this other crazy stuff that he does, especially with those feuds against Dijak and uh, against uh, good old <laughs> Archer of Infamy over there, Damian Priest. So we've seen that. So what I really liked in this match was the fact that he didn't do that. There wasn't a single high spot sort of from Keith Lee in this match. He, he stuck to storytelling in terms of working over a body part because Gargano had injured his hand previously uh, coming into this match. So he sold that hand. But aside from that, um, he basically dominated this match. I mean, Gargano didn't get a whole heck of a lot of offense in. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I just like the, the story they told. The, the one thing that was a little bit strange was having Gargano as the heel, as the much smaller guy. It's not something you see a lot, and it, it kind of threw off things a little bit just because you, you look at it and you don't necessarily think – you'd think it would be reversed if you've never seen these two guys wrestle. Uh, but overall, great match. Loved it. Um, and yeah, Gargano's fine. He's he's gonna be in NXT for probably his whole career. So whatever. Like, also, you guys, matter. I thought his entrance gear. I didn't. We no one knew what it was. I looked it up later. It was supposed to be the Mandalorian. I could not tell by the look of it. Is it really? Oh, I didn't even know. All right, then. that's got to be what it was. Um, we move into Tommaso Champ. Well, did you have any thoughts on this match, actually, Spencer? No, Mike covered it pretty good. I didn't really had I hadn't really have given too much thought to this match. We move into Tommaso Champa and Karrion Cross. Uh, Cross wins via ref stoppage when uh, Champa refuses to tap out. Uh, hey, they took out some of the lip syncing, so that was a plus to the entrance. It's a badass entrance. They got to get rid of all the lip syncing, and it's going to be awesome. And then uh, I loved how. Big cross look next to Tommaso Ciampa. That was smart picking a really uh, small dude next to him because uh, Cross is only like six four, but he looked massive next to Ciampa. That's true. Yes, Ciampa didn't it didn't make look or didn't make him look big. I can't uh, talk. 
Champa looked very, very, very tiny. Um, Mike, did you like this match? It was pretty quick. It was like six minutes or something, wasn't it? Oh, Mike Sorry, gave no... I, I'm in the middle of smoking my joint. It was quick. It was busy. I don't want to call it a squash match, but it was pretty close to a squash match. I mean, it's a great way to get over Harry and Cross uh, because, I mean, Rick, Champa is one of the guys that you associate with NXT. So you see a guy like Cross completely beat the crap out of this guy that was like the, the flag bearer for this brand, really. Uh, and it's it's awesome. And uh, the only other thing I'll say is I really love Mario Ronaldo in commentary in this match. He got over Karrion Cross huge, uh, talking about his past and why he uses the uh, uh, Doomsday Saida and all this other stuff. His amateur, his background with uh, as an amateur wrestler, like he's a very accomplished uh, uh, wrestler. So yeah, dude. I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. I like can't wait to see what they do with him. Yeah, I got some ideas. Uh, and then there's also the NXT Championship. I kind of glossed over that. I forgot. We were talking about it earlier before the pod. Adam Cole beats Velveteen Dream. And, like, what a shitty lighting, shitty camera cut match. Like, that's two bad NXT uh, production matches I can think of now. Right? As soon as I think, close my eyes, I instantly think of the Chandler Gargano match filled with smoke. And then I think of this one. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why do they feel a need to do one on every pay-per-view? You know what I mean? It's because it's their thing right now. They had some success with it, and then that's it. At least it's not happening on Backlash, I don't think, unless the greatest wrestling yeah. match ever gets ridiculous. I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far, Ace. Like, they're not... It's not like they necessarily... I would say they don't necessarily want to be doing this. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so they're trying to do something different. Some of these matches do something more cinematic, and... I liked Gargano Champa personally. I mean, maybe it wasn't your cup of tea. It went a little bit long, but I thought it was totally fine. This match I didn't care for at all. At all. But not whatsoever. Well, go back and watch that Gargano Champa match, and you'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, hey, you know what my favorite part of this match was? When your boy showed up to get rid of those other two guys. You knew Dexter Loomis was going to come in here somewhere, man. This, this, uh, this dude whose name is a play on the, on the show, Dexter and the character Billy Loomis from Scream. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, um, I, know you, I know you guys aren't huge fans, man. I just find it fucking amusing. Super amusing. Like, Adam Cole <laughs> beats Velveteen Dream after Loomis sh- sh- shuffles these guys off. So here's the story I got from this. Are you ready? Undisputed Era breaks Velveteen's back, puts him out of action for a little bit, right? Velveteen comes back. And he says, my only thing I wanted this whole time was to come back and take Adam Cole's NXT title. They gang up on him. They beat him up. They gang up on him. They beat him up. And then they did it again this time. He loses. He can't do it anymore. And I was like, what was the point of any of this? Like, why did we do this? You're asking difficult questions, my friend. I have no idea. I, I don't understand what that story was at all. I think if I was to say anything, because I agree with you about, like, they basically have made Dream look like a, a nobody through this. You're right. Um, not Shout a nobody, but, but his stock has definitely been affected. Um, oh, dude, this guy goes to the main roster. He'll, you'll see him wrestling Ricochet soon enough on main event. <laughs> but, I mean, I'll say this much, okay? Um, it's, it's been clear for a while that the NXT brand is, at least for now, is centered around the Undisputed Era. I mean, they're, they're the focus of the show. They have the, the, the main guys, their champion. 
Uh, so what I would assume, I mean, is that this company loves Adam Cole. They see him as the next Shawn Michaels. And they want to make him look as, as, as good as possible uh, because he's the flag bearer for their show right now. I mean, so I get it. I get it in that regard. I, I understand that they want big things for Cole. And I also, I also know he hasn't re-signed with the company. So who knows? Maybe they're trying to keep him there uh, by keeping the title on him. Um, but I know, Ace, you had some other thoughts on this in regards to... Oh, I just felt like it was a hate crime win. So, okay, also another thing. Back when this was first happening, we were all so hyped for Dream to be taking on Cole. Allegations come out against him, he could be a pedophile, okay? So it's either he could be a pedophile, and then there, there's the option B that he's not, and he got hacked by a bunch of people who are against African-Americans. And that's they got what they wanted. They just wanted him to not win. They wanted him to not be successful. And they achieved it. They got what they wanted. So I don't know. Hey, either he's a pedo and he deserved it, or we just watched that happen. And we're going to look back on that and be like, that's crazy. That's crazy, because when it happened, it changed the way we looked at the feud and everything. And if it's not true, I'm going to feel real sick about it. That's all. Um, Fair point. Is when, one. I mean, it wouldn't be a podcast if Mike wasn't in the, in the stairwell talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, like, I just feel bad. I don't know if I should feel bad for Dream. Uh, if the That's the thing. Maybe you should. Like, if it's not true, you got to feel sick for the guy. Like, holy smokes. Oh, like, because yeah. will his career recover from this? Who's to say? Like, who's to say? Like, even this this loss, like, because I don't see him doing anything uh, at all. <laughs> so they could have got their way, man. We could have just watched something really uncomfortable happen. This shouldn't have happened. We could have just seen that happen. Um, I think there was a reason why they had. Because obviously it was, they had Keith Lee go over in his match, and he had Black Lives Matter on his. Oh yeah, I knew as soon as I saw that Dream wasn't winning, I knew it. And then that's when I started to think those thoughts when we were watching the match. I was like, "Holy smokes! What if they lied? Like, what if that was all a lie? Holy!" Because it just halted the momentum to a complete stop. Like, were you on the edge of your seat hoping Dream won? Because we would have if that wouldn't have happened, probably. If it wouldn't have happened, I would have been 100 He would have been champion by now, probably. I would be 150% would have been cheering for Dream. Would have picked him. It would have been Dream, dude. The allegations have everything to do with it. Imagine if it comes out that he didn't do it. Holy smokes. Then they got what they wanted out of this. That's, that's the only thing I'm trying to say. It's like they got what they wanted. Well, I mean, I don't know if you I guess you could say that but we again like we still don't necessarily know if what happened was true or not no 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 I'm not saying he's cleared or innocent or anything I'm just saying like it's really disgusting I feel like it's either option a he's a pedophile or option b there's people who are trying to attack him and slow his career down and make sure he didn't become champion and all this stuff they got it it's done because even if it comes like I don't know know. it just feels like they did it they achieved it and I'm like great I feel sick I just feel sick. That's the only way I can look at it. Like, there's just two options there, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, 
it's it's a shitty situation. Spencer, what's your what's your stance on this? What's your take? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's no evidence of of anything either way. I mean, it's hard to have a stance on it at any at any point. So I don't I don't know. I would have loved to see Dream win. I think if Ace is right and it had and it was just a setup by this uh, racist group or whatever it is, then that's not ideal at all. They're not good and shouldn't have happened that way. It's like so. that's what's going on right now in this world. They're telling us like shit like that happens. Like I also like because of lately, like I've realized how far people will go, and I've just been reading story after story, and I'm like, it's possible. But am I saying he's innocent? No, because we're going to wait till the uh, absolute facts come out. But am I saying he did it? No. So I guess innocent until proven guilty is what I'm actually saying. So I guess he is until proven guilty. <laughs> That's how the court of law works, I believe. I don't know. I'm no expert. Um, he's, and then we yeah, go he's, to an... He's innocent until uh, proven guilty, yeah. It's just, uh, it's uncomfortable. Don't you just feel a little uncomfortable? Like you're going to look back just now if that guy's just not doing well, you'll be like, well... He had that ripped out from him. And it's just going to feel not good. Um, NXT Women's Championship match to end the night. Phenomenal match. Really fun. A great work rate from all women. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai. I picked Charlotte. Mike picked Rhea. Spencer picks Io. I believe, I don't think it was on the pot because we talked about this, but I believe one of you two have said exactly what was going to happen on a call previously. You said it'll probably end with Charlotte doing the figure eight and EO's going to do a moonsault and then pin Rhea. Someone said that. One of you two. I was hands down, Spencer. Like, I'm, I'm 100% sure that he said that out of pod. So I, the only thing I didn't like was the finish was very predictable. And I also don't understand. Here's a story. Mike, maybe you can make this more acceptable for me. I actually love Charlotte. I'm not saying Charlotte should go anywhere. <coughs> um, here was my story I got from this. Charlotte... Uh, takes on Rhea Ripley after winning the Women's Royal Rumble. And Rhea Ripley says, sure, I can beat you, sure. And Charlotte says, no one from NXT can beat me, you fools. You're NXT. You're not a main brand, even though everyone's saying you're a main brand. And they're like, well, we're going to show everyone it's a main brand by having Charlotte here. Except no one's going to beat Charlotte. I felt like they had to put someone over. They didn't put anyone over with this. You're telling me Io winning the title isn't putting her over? She's never won the championship. She it would have been way bigger if she pinned Charlotte. I, I agree. I think Charlotte could have taken the loss here, the pinfall loss, but I don't think it's 100% negative in terms of what happened. I think that Io, without a doubt, dude, Io was elevated in this match. She was doing, she reminded me so much of Rey Mysterio during that match, the female Rey Mysterio. And because of the size difference, Rhea and Charlotte are humongous. You really saw hey, wait, the wait, wait, match. Wait. I didn't hate this match. I'm just confused as to what the point of it all was. Like, that was the point of it all the whole time to get EO that title by pinning Ripley in a triple threat? Like, I don't understand the story that we've been told over the last few months. I just, I can't, I don't know what it was. <laughs> so I think a big question we have to ask ourselves is how much role does Vince McMahon have in creative with NXT right now? Because... If he has a lot of say and he's taking Triple H's, you know, power and obviously removing it, having veto, then who knows, dude? Maybe that was a Vince McMahon decision because that has Vince McMahon ran all over it the way they push Charlotte in NXT. Um, and I don't, I'm, I'm like, I, 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 see, I saw benefits of her being 
in NXT. But I also do agree with you. I sit there and go, like, sure, she had great matches with people, uh, but did it necessarily put them over in the process? Who knows, dude? I mean, they were good matches. I guess that's up to one, like everyone's kind of opinion. But not her not taking an L the whole time has Vince written all over, like I said earlier. I think, I think that's. It was just weird, man. Like I don't, I didn't get it. It's like I don't get this story. Spence, what did you think of the match? You were just stoked at EO one, and then he thought he tied us, and then I did the math, and I was like, no, he only got three. Spence, <laughs> you told me that I that if EO won, I tied it. So that's why I thought that. By the way. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I've, I'm stated as not being a Charlotte Flair fan and I'm still not. And I don't think she did shit for the women's division at NXT. I don't think she did anything for it. And this run or like before this run, like this run okay, where, where they wanted, that's fair. Yeah. That's kind of what I felt like. I was like, what did you do? You just matched with them. And then that was it. She came in and yelled at them and told them that she's better than them and then beat them and then that was it. She was gone. That's what I feel like the story was. I was like, that was what I felt I was told through that. That's all my confusion was, Mike, is like, okay. I'm with you on that. Um, She, like... (laughs) Like, couldn't couldn't they have had them both have to take her out completely or something? Like, I didn't even feel like they took her out in this match. (laughs) Like, she just Um, looked like an unstoppable monster. Yeah, she didn't look in this match at all and it's and i mean fine but like not even a slight weakness like like it didn't even they didn't have to break like i don't know i don't know i didn't i'm not i was never a fan before and nothing she's done has made me think that different so i I hear you um i'm excited to have this conversation with you guys i think we can take a little bit of time on this one just because i think we're gonna get through raw pretty quickly um, and this is a fun discussion to have. I'm sure a lot of listeners want to talk about Charlotte too. It's kind of a divided opinion, even amongst kind of how similar to how we have right now. Um, like, in my opinion, Charlotte is the best wrestler in the world right now. Uh, on the like, best female wrestler, excuse me. Her and Tessa Blanchard. Um, but I'd say Charlotte is is a little bit ahead, uh, just because of the brand. She, uh, sorry, the company she's with. Um, so, like, I understand why she didn't lose any ma- of her matches in NXT. Because she's like she's the best in the world. Like she's gonna beat those wrestlers, but they got offense in against her. Mia Yim's match against Charlotte was a very fun match to watch. So um, I I understand what you're saying, Spencer, and I do agree with portions of it for sure. I just I do also understand like why she didn't necessarily take an L during this run. Uh, but she didn't squash everyone. She she all the people she wrestled like they weren't. She didn't. No. But it just didn't feel. I just. Uh... I, I don't feel satisfied with that at all, really. I just didn't. NXT rubbed me the wrong way twice in this pay-per-view. I liked most of the matches I saw, except the dream match. But uh, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to AEW more on Wednesday now, coming out of this. Whereas AEW did their pay-per-view, and I was excited to come out and watch AEW again. Where here, I'm like, I don't really even want to watch it. Like, Because I feel like my stories aren't done, and they're not going to finish them for me. So. I'm like, well, why go back? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they didn't really give too That's much all. story in certain places either. Or they had a story and were just like, no, never mind. Yeah, my biggest question about this is what are they doing with Rhea Ripley? Like, that's the biggest question I had from the main event is, I mean, she comes in here. That was another thing. I was like, where does she go now? I had the but... same question. I'm like, literally, like, who's... Anything, I hate she also famous. looks like a chump. Like her and Dream look like chumps. 
Not really like weak people. Like I'm not saying weak in the ring. They just look stupid. <coughs> you know? Stu- stupid for losing or stupid? Maybe for maybe not stupid. I guess like they just look like a couple. They don't. I don't know. They don't look smart. I guess is the word. Like ring savvy, ring smart. Like you just look at them, you're like, oh, these these guys aren't gonna win. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I I don't really know what you mean, dude. Like you're telling me that you. Look I guess at Rhea I feel Ripley. like I'm. Uh, what? I said you you don't you're gonna tell me you look at Rhea Ripley and you don't think she's gonna beat like she's gonna she could be, you know, a force like be a top per, like top person like she's she's the size of she Charlotte could have been. and even bigger like I still think she's got a lot of credibility like I don't know. I don't think she's like a chump kind of thing. Like, and she's a young man. She's twenty three years old right now. I thought she, she kind of came off looking dumb. That's all. All right, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, if you, I'm not trying to that... say I dislike her. Like, dude, she's like my favorite person on NXT. So I just really one of my favorite women wrestler on NXT, and I wanted her to come out looking like uh, looking like something out of this. Now she's not even champion, and I'm like, what did what was she? Ugh. I don't know. I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated by the booking. Yeah, I I can definitely see where you're coming from with the booking. Like because I, man, like you guys are, are are like, oh, they'll be fine. I'm like, I told you it was gonna happen to Ricochet, and it did. And it could happen to anyone now. Like you know what I mean? Well, I mean, not that's not necessarily what happened with Ricochet. Like. Ricochet was pushed, like, Ricochet looked really strong in NXT, and it wasn't his fault he got called up when he got called up. If no, 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 I just mean, like, anyone can become a, a wash in wrestling. You can just, you can have your momentum just stall out. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> a lot of it's bad booking, but you can also have stall. You can just have momentum stalled. Right <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're booking Rhea to stall. But anyways, that was... NXT. <clears throat> who uh, who wants to get into Monday Night Raw? Who know who who did anyone see it all? I didn't watch all of it. Didn't watch the start. I, but I have a, a breakdown here that I can kind of go off of. I did watch the like last half of it or so. Okay, I'll let you break it down. Sure, let's do that. Um, Engage Spencer mode. Mania, Raw, Review. So the night started with uh, an Asuka and Charlotte Flair um, opener, and they, like, uh, uh, they're supposed to have a match at the beginning, but it gets interrupted. Asuka and Charlotte are supposed to have a match at the beginning of Raw tonight, but it gets interrupted by Sasha Banks and Bayley coming over as the new tag team champs, and the Iconics also step in. Um... So this becomes an impromptu triple threat between the Iconics, Bailey and Sasha, and Charlotte and Asuka as a, as, as a pair. 
And it ends because Asuka tags herself in before Charlotte does a moonsault and puts, um, I believe, Billy Kay in a Asuka lock to tap out. So Asuka wins the match, but by stealing it from Charlotte. So there's tension and Charlotte attacks her after and blah, blah. Um, yeah. So, so Charlotte I, again. Yeah, this is just more Charlotte, and she had multiple... Did they make any reference, I wonder? Like, I don't know. She's just... I didn't see this opening. This opening I think Mike's thing. right, though. I think she's about to get a title, like you said in the last pod, Mike. I think she's about to get another main roster title. It just feels like it. Yeah, they, want, they, they just want Charlotte having gold, or not they, Vince. I don't really hate it. I don't really hate Charlotte having gold, man. I don't, like, dislike Charlotte. I love her as a wrestler. I... But I just am like, well, so they're not going to – I hope she shows up on NXT Wednesday is all I'm going to say. That's what my point was trying to be made. Anyways, continue breaking it down. Um, there's, a, there's a segment with uh, Rey Mysterio um, coming back and just being on the video screen again. And Seth Rollins sitting at, at uh, ringside announcer talking back and forth. And um, – I don't know. I didn't really see this segment too much. I just imagine it's more storyline progression for this race uh, Seth thing that's going on, which seems weird. Yes. And does anyone that... care about Ray and Seth? No, I don't know why Ray Mysterio is even involved. I don't know. And I know Mike Dominic in WWE. I feel bad for Ray. <laughs> I feel. Hey I feel man, bad I also him. I love Seth. You don't like Seth Rollins? I, I love him. I like him with the black glove even. But this segment, this this storyline, not for me. Don't try to pass off a Ray Mysterio retirement angle on me, right? We'll know when he's retiring. Like, come on, you're better than the WWE. You All know, right. I hope. Well, so. just like we're smarter than that, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Ace. Um, I'm just gonna move into the next match because it's. Uh... All of that just led into stables of fighting against each other. So Seth Rollins' boys, Austin Theory and Murphy, take on Humberto and Aleister Black in a tag team match. Um, which, I mean, Austin Theory continues his run of just fantasticness by losing again. Uh, so Aleister Black and Humberto win the match, but uh, Seth Rollins and the rest of them stand tall um, at the end. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Not too much going. I think, I think there was a bit with Rey Mysterio's mask involved in there in some way. But I mean, I just, huh, yeah. Um, moving forward, it's uh, it's time for Ace's boy, uh, Christian, to hit the. Oh yeah, baby! For the Hall of Fame, let's go. Pod Energy's picking up right now. Christian for the Hall of Fame. Let's go. Loves it. Um, <laughs> I heard he one... nailed it. I didn't catch the segment, but every, everything I saw on Twitter was like, the guy still got it. Um, I turned it on right around this time uh, and did see his promo, a part of it. Um, not all of it, but it was good. So, yeah, Edge and, Edge and Christian together um, – as kind of grizzled old veterans, as uh, it was working for me, I'll say. Uh, anyway, so basically, it just turns into Christian interviewing Edge about it, and, and uh, Edge being like, "Yeah, of course I'm nervous. Like I'm, I'm nervous because um, 
I'm going up against Randy in a in a wrestling match. And Randy's been doing this for nine years that I haven't. Blah blah blah, that kind of thing. Um, and Christian gives him a speech about his mom, about about Edge's mom being there at ringside all the time. So I, and at the end he calls him Adam, and I was like, I like that. I like including the Adam bit. That was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it clearly shows that they're buds. Like they they clearly are like old friends. And that and they and they brought that out during the segment, in my opinion. Oh man, and Christians, my favorite Christian feud was with Randy Orton in 2014 or 13. I remember when it was, but it got me back into wrestling because it was so fun. Uh, I heard it was good, Mike. Did you catch it? Yeah, I agree with what Spencer said. I love how Christian just like kind of like heckles him for a lot of the first portion of the promo, and just kind of like insults him and gets in his face. A he was doing bit. a bit of old school heel Christian. Heel Christian was so good. Yeah, dude. I thought that was great. That's the only thing I have to say about the segment. You don't have to say a little Christian for Hall of Fame. <laughs> we need the, your boy Mike ex- in, in endorsement. We're really trying to get this camp- campaign off the ground. Me and at Baked Guy Thinks on Twitter. We're yeah, the only two, bo- it seems. He's a Bonda lunatic. Um, but yeah, I'll endorse Christian for the Hall of Fame. There you go. It's got to be Mike's Stamp of approval. And now to not go into the Hall of Fame, this is going to go to the shit Hall of Fame, the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits in a decathlon. That's what happened, right, Spencer? Was that next? Uh, there was a bit with MVP. There was a lot of bits with MVP and just backstage interviews. I didn't really get into it. The only thing that was interesting was uh, R-Truth was kind of showed up and did his whole 24-7 champion thing because he's got it. Uh, but it ended up with... Uh, MVP calling him a clown and getting, and then Bobby Lashley coming up behind him and throwing him in the in the full Nelson. Um, I thought that's that bit was a little funny just because I mean, our truth is a clown, but that's what he's doing. That's what he's supposed to do. Uh, but yeah, then I think that I really hoped that this was kind of like the big final bit for the uh, the uh, Viking Raiders Street Profits nonsenseness. Um. Although it did end in a friggin' tie, so you got to figure that these guys are going to. Uh, oh my god, have a match back. on the Backlash pre-show? <laughs> or yeah, it's probably in the pre-show because they didn't announce anything. Hey, hey, yeah. Mike, a little Viking Raiders Street Profits action this Sunday. Ah, you're stoked, aren't you? You're already like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm too excited. He's not even going to respond to you. That's how little he he's thinks. Got he's, he's got nothing. He's done with the Viking Raiders. He's done. <laughs> it's fair. I bet uh, you Mike's excitement rating on a scale of 1 to 10 is minus 5. <laughs> it's probably pretty accurate. Mine's uh, about a minus 5. Yeah. No, honestly, I, you got to imagine that's got to be a match at some point to decide and then finally it'll end this. But uh, who friggin' knows? Jeez Louise, man. It's been going on for like two months. No, it's uh, there's just a triple threat up next for the number one contendership for the WWE uh, title, US title, sorry, um, currently held by Apollo Crews. And I'll be honest, during this match, my feed that I was watching on went to complete like, like pixel. Like at one point, I couldn't even tell Angel Garza was entering uh, or walking down the ramp because he was just one large pixel. So I had to. F- Fiddle around for a while. So That's what he was wearing, much. actually, to the ring was one large pixel. It was so one weird. One large pixel just to mess with everyone else. Well, it was weird because then Andrade was wearing two pixels. So, you know, he just had one he more. He changed after he, he got ch- to the ring. 
Oh, no, it was so in I'll I'll mention that I didn't mention the content the people in this match. Uh for the United States title is Kevin Owens and Andrade. Kevin Owens versus Andrade versus Angel Garza. So Andrade and Angel Garza in a match against each other for like, one of the first times, I think. Um and this match, pretty long match. There was there was spots on all sides. At, at one point the Andrade and Angel Garza team up on Kevin Owens, but that doesn't last very long. Because uh, they start fighting on the outside, and Zelina Vega tries to break them up, but uh, both of them look like they accidentally hit her, and she goes down, and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, but anyway, it all ends with uh, Andrade getting another shot as Apollo Cruz. <laughs> so I don't know what the point of this was. Um, what is going on, man? Like, what is going on right now? What is happening? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Because it was because Kevin Owens hit Angel Garza with a stunner. And oh, actually, hit- I like the ending to this, but I, yeah. I thought it was a cool thing because we're gonna get uh, Andrade versus Garza soon. But oh my god! Okay, here's where this is going. Here's where this is going. Uh, Andrade is clearly gonna win his title back, and then he's gonna feud with Garza, or probably Kevin Owens, and I'll be like, oh, there it is again. Wash, rinse, repeat. Always repeat. What did you think of this, Mike? Uh, so far, like with what they've shown me, I like the direction they're going with the United States Championship. I think that the company's doing a pretty good job right now of returning a little bit of value to the U.S. and I, uh, IC titles. So I think that at least I got bad. them going. They weren't even doing anything before. That's the good part. Well, yeah, and I think the people that are involved in the feuds right now are just the credible wrestlers. And now it's just a matter of keeping the reins, the title reigns, long enough to have it mean something. So Andrade had a decently long title reign. If he gets it back here, I think it kind of shows that he's going to be that guy. He's going to hold that title, I think. Like, maybe even break the record for U.S. title reigns or something uh, and kind of, like, build himself that way. I, I, I could see them going that way if he wins this match and just have him have another long title reign. Um, and I and I love it just like you guys love it with the feud coming up with him and Angel Garza. I think it's awesome. Uh, like only you know only up from here for these guys. But uh, I realized I was on mute for the last segment, and I just want to quickly say when the Viking Raiders and Street Profits segments are on, I intentionally do something else every time. I just go do something else, make some dinner. It's like, not anything, hey. Nothing. So you know what I mean, though. That's where my fears come from when we were talking about NXT TakeOver in your house. Like, these are guys I wasn't fans of in NXT, and you tell me they were monsters? Anything can happen. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? My favorite wrestler right now is a guy who was Cruiserweight champion before, and I didn't even know he was Cruiserweight champion when he was champion. <laughs> because that's how WWE can book talent. It's so weird. And if you heard the female sneeze, that is the ghost of the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, of the podcast. Uh, yeah, I got to think Andrade's getting the title back. Yeah. Ace, you'll like this next little bit because it's the Viking Raiders because they also have a match later on tonight against MVP and Bobby Lashley. Um but before the match, they're asking someone if they're going to, if they, if he's decided to join the raid, and it's none other than Drew McIntyre. Um, Drew doesn't say he's going to join the raid, though. He's not going to. But it was kind of teased that he would be 
pals with them later on in the show. So, oh, yeah, it's like ooh. Um, but before and right before they have their match, MVP has his MVP lounge, so they have a big get together, and and Drew shows up for that. And then remains at ringside. And another weird thing is that the Street Profits are also at ringside for this match. Uh, the MVP Bobby Lashley Viking Raiders won. Um, pretty big match back and forth. Like These guys clearly had to fight pretty hard for it. Um, there's shots of Lana in the back. Um, at one point, they even interview her in something. And I'm like, why are we still on this? Uh, but anyway... Um, MVP takes Ivar out on the outside, so he can't interfere, and Bobby Lashley gets uh, a full Nelson in on Eric, on Eric. So he manhandles him around, and that's the tap out. So, or the Can submit. I tell you what Raw Talk was the other week when I saw it? Just while this thoughts in my head? Yes. It was them asking which Viking Raider was the cutest. Anyways, continue. Oh, man, they continue that stupid bit all the time. Like, anytime they're on, like, someone, some woman is like, you're cute. But you're not. And it's like, what? What is going on with Every that? single time. I'm not even making that up. I wish I was. Um, anyway, so... Like, I, don't, I don't know if I like the, the ending of this match with uh, Bobby Lashley manhand- basically manhandling um, the Viking Raiders. Uh, and he Both only let them go... He basically, he puts both of them in, after the match is done. He puts the other one in the full Nelson, which they've suddenly built up as his huge finisher thing. Um, and it only takes a claymore from uh, Drew McIntyre interfering to get him to let go of the other Viking Raider. And so Bobby Lashley just manhandled these two guys who were like the stars of your uh, tag team division for so long, but also kind of lame. I don't know. I. There's so many things about this Raw that work great. Um, but uh, I'll just move on. Unless Mike wants to add anything about that segment. Oh, dude, man, I'm just so done with the Viking Raiders. Yeah. Like, even the Street Profits tried to break up the, the, the submission hold. What is going on here? It's oh, all very man, The Viking Raiders could get off my TV. Yeah. This anyway. podcast would be less... Like, deflating. <laughs> yeah, right. We'd be bashing shit less. Uh, anyway, the last, the last match of the night goes to Asuka, Charlotte Flair, a non-title match. Um, but as this match starts, or just about to start, Sasha Banks and Bailey come out, and they, they're on commentary doing their... I don't know. I don't know if I like heel Bailey. She's kind of... She's kind of just annoying. Um, which maybe she's trying to be, so I don't know. But... Uh, Anyway, so, I mean, this is a typical match between the two of them, action-wise. I'm not going to get into everything, but... Uh, yeah, she went one point Nia they... Jax runs out. I saw that on Twitter, and I thought, Yeah, oh. but there was also interference by the Iconics on Sasha and Bailey. So I don't know why they included Sasha and Bailey in and the Iconics in this, on this segment or this show in any way. Oh, because they were there. Because they were there. Anyway, so, yeah, Nia Jax distracts Asuka and Charlotte hits a big boot and Charlotte never loses so she's probably going to be a champion again soon uh, and that was your Raw and to be honest it didn't seem like anything was very good except for Christian so yeah there you go 
I am uh, here for Bobby Lashley in a world title feud, feud finally. So that's how I feel. I'm like, you know, it's not perfect, but oof, it's better than him kissing Lana every week. It's true. Because that's Bob Lashley out there. You know what I mean? Me and Mike now, this is a guy who can go. You. <laughs> if you say the next thing. Mike, do you think that Bob Lashley has a chance of winning on Sunday? I've seen some talk online. I don't know if it's valid or not, but I've heard people talking about what if Bob wins the championship and it sets up him versus Lesnar at SummerSlam. Wouldn't hate it. Dude, I would hate I would, it. <laughs> I would only hate it if he, if he went, if Lesnar went over. <laughs> if he ran through Lesnar like a truck, I would love it. <laughs> That wouldn't happen, dude. It, it would be a Brock Lesnar win. You know it would be a Brock Lesnar win. Yeah, but... Sorry, that's the crun. Um, Ace <laughs> thinks he'd like to see Bob Lashley with that one. You... Would you be very upset if he beat Drew? I wouldn't be extremely upset. There's other, like, I'd be upset if like Seth Rollins beats Drew. If it's Bob Lashley, I'll take it. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad if Bob won, yeah. Because at this point, I want Drew to get a championship moment in a crowd, and now we know Jinder's out for a while. Let's see what Bob and MVP can do and make Drew on the chase again. That was a big silence. Um, I agree the silence with you, dude. Of the I night. Think, <laughs> I think that Bob should, could win this match. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at all. Um, we all kind of know how hard, well, not necessarily how hard, but we know a little bit about Bob's backstory here. You know, like he's been with the company for, you know, he went through the, was with the company once, got released, did good stuff in Impact and came back, did some t- stuff in Bellator. Um, so I don't think he got released. I thought he just didn't sign his contract and he went to go do MMA because WWE wouldn't let uh, him. I, I, th- I thought the company released him the first time. I don't think around. so. I think uh, he well, walked out, dude. Because he wanted to MMA out. fight. Uh, if he walked out, well, great. It even adds even more stock to it. I, I have a bad memory, so you're probably right. I love Bob Lashley. Uh, and that was Monday Night Raw, gentlemen. That was it. Uh, let's get to some social media shout-outs, okay? Are you ready? Social media shout-outs. Um, I asked this morning what would be happening to Velveteen Dream and Rhea Ripley. And at WWF, Cody responded with, Rhea and Io could still feud. Dream and Finn didn't have the last match they were building. And I just wrote back, I feel like both these stories though just went nowhere. Rhea couldn't beat Charlotte. Dream can't get the NXT title. Uh, but I wouldn't, like, that's, he's probably right. That's probably where it's going. Cody, you're probably right, buddy. Possibly. Never know. What did you think? What did I think of what? His tweet? No, Mike. What did Mike think of that? Does he think that's probably where they're going? I can see it happening. Uh, another one is uh, a tweet reply to you about Cross and Scarlet won't be in NXT long. That entrance appears look has Monday Night Raw written all over it. Agreed. Uh, and then at Chris Word, 4567, said after Cross wins and loses the NXT... NXT title for sure. Yeah, I could see him winning the NXT title and then losing it quickly and leaving. Just a quick reign. 
Akeem, maybe he's the one who takes it off Cole. Who knows? Yeah, back in the day, like, I mean, we all remember, you know, back at, at a time when the NXT Championship would flop pretty quickly with guys like Drew, Andrade. Like, there was a bunch of them in a row that won the title and then lost it right away because they got called up super quickly. So, you know, who knows? He could just get it quick and then drop it and move up for sure. And one final social media shout-out. Um, I thought this was pretty funny. It's from Israel Galarza at IG3. He said, uh, just a cheap ploy to sell Rey Mysterio eye patches when we were talking about the Rey Mysterio retire storyline on Twitter. I'm like, I wonder if they are going to sell 619 eye patches. <laughs> Who's to say? Seems possible slash likely. Okay, well, let's move into our clapper, crapper, and knee slapper. Mike, give me your clapper. The clapper. The clapper for this uh, span of things that we talked about today is going to be the Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano match. Thought it was excellent. Great storytelling. Yeah, I also liked that match. It was pretty good. Spence, what did you think of it? I liked that match because I like Keith Lee. Um I don't know. I wasn't super enthralled by NXT ta- uh, Takeover this weekend. I didn't. I wasn't super into it. I was also I, super uh, high. That may have. That's true. Played. You were. He was. My clapper was Drew Gulak beating AJ Styles on SmackDown. Uh, the way he got out of the Styles Clash was very cool. Drew Gulak, let's go, baby. Let's go, Drew Gulak for the IC belt. Him versus Brian Bucket. I want to see it. Spence. I agree. Um, I'll give my clapper. Uh, yeah, I'll give my clapper to Christian uh, coming back uh, this week and his segment with Edge. Uh, hey, Mike, you heard great. it here first. Spence is a peep. <laughs> what the hell? What? That's what Christian's fans are. They're peeps, buddy. Oh, okay. Yep. Mike, are you there? I, we could rip. I, uh, we'll we'll spin spin this up. Uh, the crapper, the one thing in wrestling you didn't like this week. The crapper. Uh, for me, it was just the feeling I got when NXT Takeover went off the air. Like I said, I voiced it on this pod already. Didn't feel crazy about it. I just I don't know if I'm excited to watch it on Wednesday. Mike, what's yours? Uh, yeah, my crapper for this week is going to be. <laughs> My crap is going to be Nia Jax. I just don't care for her. And the fact that she got the last laugh at the end of Raw, I know that it's part of the storyline. She'll lose Sunday, but I want nothing to do with her. This is the last time I mentioned her on this, in this podcast and in general. Man's tired of Nia Jax. Spencer, your crapper. Oh, my crapper. Um, I'm, you know what? This might be a little controversial, but I am just going to give it to the whole NXT TakeOver card. I was bored. Oh. I was bored. He wasn't entertained on TakeOver. I was so bored the whole time. Like, the set was kind of cool, but, like, I was bored. They didn't seem very interested. Or, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. Mm, maybe it's because you're comparing it to Double or Nothing. Maybe and that's not fair. I don't. I don't because that not, was such a fun pay per view to watch the whole time. Where this can kind of, I don't know. It, I don't know what it is about WWE. They don't have the uh, the lack of crowd vibe that AEW pulls off. So yeah, I don't know. I just I, don't, pay I, attention. I don't know if I'm comparing it to them, but it's just oh. I don't know. It was just it just bored me. I don't know. It just seemed like they weren't 
really trying. Like they were just doing it to do it because they had to. I don't know. That was that's just the sense. I could I see got. that with the uh, Dream Cole match. I was like, what is this? These are just random things. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. I cut you off. What's up? Um, I I really see where Spencer's coming from here because like if you think about the card, like yeah, the last two matches. If you think about how sour of a taste they left, and then even just. The fact that the crowd is not a regular NXT crowd, it, it really did make for a kind of a lackluster event. And one of the weaker NXT cards I can remember for sure. Me too, um, man. Even the last one was better. It, I mean, I think a re- big reason is because the crowd, like specifically the NXT crowd, is such a humongous part of that show. They, they, they love everything that happens. And like they even if you don't think things are a big deal sometimes or you don't necessarily care for some matches, like they make things... Like the chance and their energy, it's a huge reason why NXT is successful. Without it, I think it WWE's like... crowd just comes off a, a little told what to do, as in not characters playing themselves. And well, I mean, even without it, it, it kind of just gives you some Ring of Honor vibes at times. Because if you look at guys that are in this company right now, a lot of them came from Ring of Honor, and like, you know, they were good wrestlers, but kind of just man with some of the other more finer points of being a star. And yeah, it felt like a Ring of Honor show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the knee slapper. Time for the knee slapper. The one thing in wrestling we found hilarious this week. Mine was Johnny Gargano's entrance and his house being at the NXT set. He lives in the NXT in your house set. I'll never not believe that. That's his home. That's where he lives now in my mind. <laughs> Honorable mention to Broccoli Seth. Mike? Yeah, mine's going to be uh, Dexter Loomis. <laughs> the chair spot was good. Where, it's, yeah, where he, it went back under the ring. That was what I liked. He's just one of those guys that, like, I don't care about his wrestling ability. He kind of just, like, I kind of just want to see him do random shit like R-Truth does. Like, I don't really want to see him wrestle. When, he's, when he wrestles, it's like, kind of takes a bit of a step down for me. But just his character is just the goofiest thing. That's why I like him. Uh, Spencer, your knee slapper. Knee slapper. Um, oh man, I just saw it. Where was it? Uh, oh right. Um, you mentioned our truth, and it was our truth. Uh, and it's a little bit with uh, MVP because he came in running, being like, "I don't want to mess with Bobby Lash. Don't, don't, don't let him put me in that uh, in that full Nelson." He got all scared, then he got put in the full Nelson. Anyway, I thought that was funny. So our truth gets it for me. Uh, my knee slapper was Todd. Pelling, Pelling, what was it, Mike? Todd Pettengale. Todd Pettengale coming back, baby. That was my favorite part of the pay-per-view, was the host. <laughs> like in 90s graphics, that was my favorite. Oh. oh, I just remembered also the scene where the old guys from DX can't work a computer, and I was like, this is so stupid. Oh. <laughs> of course they know how to work a computer. It's too hokey at that moment. Bro, that that's uh, that's uh, harking back to the first like one of the shows where Sean is intentionally pretending he can't type. Like they were just trying oh. to like, play up. They were trying to play off something they'd done before. Well, the whole show was that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe that's why that taste is in my mouth. I was like, that wasn't that original. I don't know. Um, it wasn't that bad, uh, but it wasn't great. Uh, what did you guys have this evening? I had tweed, houndstooth, vape pen. <laughs> it was good. 
It's expensive though. There was a big sale. Not a bake sale, a big sale. <laughs> Very nice. Um, well, I had a uh, Haven Street uh, Premium Cannabis is the name of the thing. It does. It sounds fancier than it actually. Uh, and it's the strain name is the Big Dipper. So I had some Big Dipper this evening. Oh, and Spencer's the Big Bipper. The Big Bipper, yep. Uh, Mike, what'd you have? Uh, before we go any further, Spencer, I'm curious about that strain. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested in trying it. But what did you think overall? Because I, I, might, I might be in, interested in shopping for some new flavors here coming up. Um, oh, it was good. It's 23%, uh, actually almost 24% THC. Um, it's, what is it, Indica, Indica Hybrid. It's on the Indica side of things, if, it, if anything. Uh, I like it. It's, it's just very mellow. And it'll probably help me sleep Even tonight. if Dogtown also just read oh. with a tweet of ours <laughs> that I put out where I said, no one really bought Adam Cole leaving NXT, right? At this point, we will likely see Dream get the call and then see him on main event with Ricochet. That was the tweet. <laughs> Steven, baby, at least I know you're with me, buddy. Oh, gosh. But it was a good strain, Spencer. <laughs> Thanks for the inter <laughs> Ace Bondaloo. Uh, oh boy. You're a joy. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good uh, it's a good time, Mike. Okay, thanks. Uh appreciate it. I had Sin City Seeds Blue Lime Pie. It was awesome. Dude. Twenty-one Yeah. Twenty-one percent THC here, dude, is uh, and just like just really solid stuff, man. Really relaxing. And the name sounds delicious. Blue lime, blue lime pie, absolutely tremendous. Oh, that sounds amazing. Sin City Seed again. Sin City Seed is the name of the grower. Um, brilliant. I'll be looking for more of their stuff going forward. All right. Well, that's about uh, it oh. for the crumble. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I just want to say one other thing. I have a weed story to tell. From I think. Oh, okay. Well, now we gotta hear it. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Everybody strap in. Mike's got a WS for us. <laughs> um, yes, I, I do have a WS tonight. Um, no ma- no Mahal markout moment tonight. No Triple M. So do have to have something at the acronym. And I think it was after our pod um, last Monday or went a couple of whatever. Whenever the last pod was, I've lost track of what day it is right now. Is it, it's Monday. Uh, so it would have been last Wednesday, and I had 40 milligrams of edibles of um, a brand I, I've had quite a bit like of that exact potency. Uh, I have like I'm a huge fan. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna, I don't want to throw the brand under the bus here um, <coughs> because I, I do enjoy I do enjoy their product quite a bit. Uh, Bliss uh, edibles. Tropical flavored Bliss is the company. I usually have 40 milligrams, and it gets me into a nice sort of state, you know, relaxed, body high, great stuff, you know, nice head high, body high. So I had 40 mg's, and I had I haven't had the edibles in a while. I've been I've been smoking a lot, to be honest, and trying to cut down on it a bit. But I had 40, and oh, dude, I've never I've never been that baked in my life. I uh, I felt like six bad symptoms at the same time like it wasn't necessarily a good a good experience i was like nauseous i had the worst headache so cold 
like just a bunch of different stuff. I was, and I could hardly open my eyes, like at all. Like I tried You're really just hard. So goofed, eh? <laughs> it was just like this. Like, I don't know what to do. Four hours after I took the other, it's nuts. I just conked me, absolutely blasted me, um, and that was a surprise. So that's my uh, lead story. Not super exciting. Absolutely. It's glad to hear, man. That's the fun. That's wow. the fun of edibles. Yeah, yeah I guess. But not quite as bad. I guess the moral of this the story I'm trying to tell is uh, be responsible for your intake. Be responsible for your intake. You're probably getting the Crundlemania again on Friday. We have to bump our Wednesday schedule. Someone's got a date, uh, and we'll also do a prediction episode. Well, for a backlash, we'll probably do it Friday night. Because what do we got? What do we got going on? And you know what? We might recap SmackDown in it because it's probably going to lead into backlash, and let's just probably get SmackDown done then. Man, All right, this has been the Crundle Mania podcast, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>